Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, episode 19, recorded Sunday, November 17th, 2019. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. again, everyone, and thanks for listening to this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Cincerapino. Well, we just got back from our DEMA trip. Yesterday afternoon, we flew in from Orlando, and we had a lot of fun down there for three days, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the first segment of today's show. Uh, but first, a um, couple things. We have a lot going on again this week. We've got a couple of pool sessions up here with refreshers and some uh, pool practice training, and then uh, we'll be heading up to uh, the Boston Sea Rovers meeting later on this week uh, as it's getting down to crunch time for the 66th annual clinic up there in Danvers, Massachusetts in March. So I uh, hope you're enjoying the show, and uh, here we go. So the first segment today, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a DEMA recap. Um, again, DEMA is the Dive Equipment and Marketing Association, and it holds its annual show um, in November every year. And um, we were down in uh, Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida this time for three very full days uh, down there where uh, we had the opportunity with meet, to meet with all of our primary business partners, uh, look at new products, uh, research different uh, dive travel options, um, visited with a number of uh, organizations uh, who are committed to the ocean health and sustainability. So we had a pretty good showing down there from the Scuba Shack team. Uh, along with me, uh, Donna was, uh, came along. Uh, we met up with Monty uh, and, a, and several of our instructors, Mike, Jill, and Ron. And then um, Ron's daughter, Lizzie, who's a uh, junior at the University of Florida. I think she's studying marine biology. She, who, and Lizzie works with us uh, in the summer or had worked with us for a couple of summers, is also a, an instructor. So uh, the scuba diving world, it's a small world. While we were down on the floor, we ran into Rick and Rick, uh, a couple of our uh, partners uh, from our little Cayman trip. They were on our boat, and then they switched over to uh, the other boat with our dive team, and uh, they shared in our adventures of getting off of little Cayman. But funny to, to see Rick and Rick down there uh, along the way. Um, one of the things that Donna and I did was while we were down there is we attended the annual uh, DEMA update um, meeting, their annual meeting. It was pretty interesting uh, to hear some of the stuff that's going on uh, with the association. Uh, we got to observe the uh, community champions uh, award winners uh, where they this is the first year they've done that and uh, they had three different winners so it was interesting to see them. And then uh, here's some of the talk uh, about some of the facts about the show. And there's a lot of fallacy out there that says the show isn't growing, but uh, 
according to the president of uh, DEMA, the show is still uh, the same size. It's not uh, getting any smaller. The figures show that it's still where it needs to be. And then an interesting fact that he talked about is that there, there are only about 25 venues in the United States that are capable of handling a show the size of DEMA. So it is a very big uh, trade show. In future episodes, I'm going to talk a little bit more about some of the things that we saw down there, but I thought uh, I'd, I'd at least talk about today some of the, the people that I met while I was down there. First off, uh, we had the opportunity to say hello to Zale Perry. Yes, uh, she's a DEMA ambassador, still going strong. Uh, Zale, uh, you might recognize the name from uh, the Sea Hunt days. Uh, so she was the underwater actress doing a lot of the diving on Sea Hunt. So we talked with her a little bit. One of the other people that I met was Bob Denton, and Bob is the inventor of Sink to Stink. And in a future episode, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that cleaner. It's our go-to choice, and uh, very interesting talking to Bob about how he created uh, Sink to Stink. Uh, we met up with Autumn Bloom. Uh, Autumn is the founder of Stream to Sea. We had a very uh, interesting talk with her regarding her products, uh, the, the sunscreens that she uses along with the new products. Uh, we're going to test one out, uh, which is her new uh, mass defogger. Had a great talk with her about uh, natural uh, fibers versus uh, synthetic fibers and some of the things we could do to help there. Uh, talk with uh, Catherine Castle Garcia. She is the executive editor of Dive Training Magazine. Uh, we talked with her a little bit about her book that she just put out, called, or was put out last year, I think. It's called Ocean Metaphor. Met a guy named Gabe DeSaverino uh, from the Spicy Shark. Uh, he's the owner and founder, and he created various hot sauces. They're out of New Hampshire, uh, up here in New England, and uh, their whole goal is producing these uh, hot sauces with various uh, levels of heat, and it all goes into protecting sharks. Uh, stopped by the Four Ocean uh, booth where we made our pledge uh, to help uh, the, the ocean and got our jellyfish bracelet, and we're looking at, uh, at some things there, maybe doing some, some work with uh, Four Ocean. Um, started to zero in on our April Key Largo trip. Uh, we talked with Rainbow Reef. We're settling in on that, uh, that date. Uh, we talked with the History of Diving Museum, maybe getting some time over there. Uh, uh, also talked to Coral Reef Restoration and potentially doing some work with them while we're down in Key Largo. And then, of course, with Reef, uh, we want to do uh, more of the fish identification work down there as, along the way. Uh, finally, we uh, met up with Stuart Cove, and uh, we, f we got all our details worked out for our May trip uh, to Nassau, um, and uh, then uh, f uh, made our way to the Atlantis booth, where we finalized all of the details for Don and I's upcoming trip to the Philippines. So a really powerful three days uh, went by very quickly, and it's amazing just how much there is to see and do. Scuba is alive and well, and if anybody ever has the opportunity to attend DEMA, do it. Originally, I wanted to do a segment on recycled plastic clothing. 
how great an idea is that? We take the plastic waste out of our oceans uh, and the landfills, and we turn it into fabric that produce clothing. Sounds like a no-brainer in sustainability. Well, researchers have found that well intentions may be doing more harm than good in the plastic recycled clothing arena. Why? Because uh, these synthetic fibers uh, release microfibers when they're washed. And they're tiny synthetic threads that are less than one millimeter in size. And they may be the biggest source of plastic that are being dumped in the ocean. According to uh, Dr. Mark Brown, who is an ecologist and postdoctoral fellow at the National Center of Ecological Analysis and Synthesis in Santa Barbara, California, the spin and rinse cycle of a washing machine sheds a large number of plastic fibers, and these fibers can't be filtered. For example, uh, he estimates that one synthetic garment can produce 1,900 microfibers per wash, with fleeces being the worst. So billions of people washing billions of garments billions of times a year. You do the math. Plus, there's another aspect of these little microsynthetic fibers. They absorb toxins. So the synthetic fibers with the toxins will work, our, work their way up the food chain. Now, Five Gyres, the uh, organization that worked on the microbeads in cosmetics and uh, other abrasives, are now turning their attention to microfibers. So we'll see if there's going to be some solutions for this in the future. Dr. Brown has had a hard time getting the textile companies to listen. He's got a project called Des Benign by Design. Um, I did talk a little bit with Autumn Bloom down at the Stream to Sea uh, about her rash guards that she had out there, and we had a very interesting talk about the fabrics that are used in it. Now, she uses econol, econol, which is E-C-O-N-Y-L, and essentially that's really recycled nylon, and it's using uh, nylon uh, that's been discarded and repurposed, so it's a, it's a really a closed-loop system. So if you have a chance to research econol, do that. It's pretty interesting. There's also a fabric called Reprieve, and that's made exclusively out of recycled plastic bottles. So what can we do about these microfibers being released? Well, there's a couple of things. One of them is you can hand wash certain things, and that will cut down on the number of microfibers released. The other aspect that you can do, there's something called Guppy Friend. There are bags that you can put in uh, the washing machine. You can put your garments in, those washing, uh, in the washing machine, and uh, it captures the microfibers. And then there's a, something also called... Cora balls, C-O-R-A balls, they go in the wash. You just put them in the washing machine, and they apparently attract uh, the, the microfibers. Finally, there is uh, something you can do on your washing machine itself, and it's called Lint L-U-V-R. It's actually a filter that you can bolt on to the uh, discharge of your washing machine, which will capture a lot of the microfibers. So again, originally started out plastic, uh, recycled plastic clothing, great idea, but there's always uh, different aspects that we have to consider, and um, you know there are solutions out there, so just be mindful of them, and uh, 
really look for those products that may have ethanol in them because the, uh, that seems to be a really uh, cool way of recycling nylon and fishing nets. Well, it's time for another installment of Your Next Dive, and today I'm going to take you to Little Cayman, the Little Cayman Beach Resort, and dive with reef divers. So this is fresh off of our October trip, so I thought I'd take you about, uh, talk a little bit about the experience we had down there. And if I had one word to describe it, outstanding. First of all, getting to Little Cayman, you have to go through Grand Cayman, and uh, there's a, a small plane that flies over. It's a twin otter. It only has 17 seats in it. So your bags may not be on the same flight as you, but they eventually get there. Hopefully, they'll get there in time for the morning dives. Just be patient. Um, it's a little airport. There are no lights on the uh, runway, so you have to get in before the, the sun goes down. We had a little adventure getting into to Little Cayman. So if you can, plan your, your, your uh, plane ride over as early in the day as you can, and your, your bags will get there. Now, if your bags don't and you have, uh, happen to, uh, to get s stuck, they, they do switch up the dive boats a little bit, so your bags get there and you will get all of your dives in. They're very, very good about making sure you get all your dives in. Little Cayman Beach Re Resort is top-notch. The rooms are very nice for a dive hotel. We had an oceanfront room. It had a nice uh, balcony that overlooked the ocean. Uh, very nice. They're well-decorated and maintained. The all-inclusive aspect is, is top-notch. Uh, the three meals are superb. There's something for everyone, whether you're a vegetarian. There's seafood, steak, pasta, salads, chicken, and the desserts. Wow you'll definitely uh, need to go on a diet when you get back. The pool's a great place uh, after diving to decompress and uh, desalinate. Um, you can sit out there and in the large outdoor bar just steps away so you can go and get a beverage and then make your way to the pool. There are hammocks uh, beachside, and they're also a great place to relax. We got to sit down in one one of the afternoons when our diving got blown out. Uh, we just relaxed in, in a hammock down by the beach. Now, reef divers, what a great dive operator. They're, uh, they're outstanding as well. They have uh, four 46-foot uh, Newton dive boats. Uh, I love the Newton dive boats. They hold uh, 20 max divers. That's the marine park rules. Um, and our nitrox setup is pretty cool. They have four stations where you can analyze your tank, mark your log, and, and your tank uh, shows up on the boat. When you get there, you'll take all your gear down to the boat. Uh, you'll put your BC and regulator. They never come off the boat. They just stay there. Um, they get rinsed right on the boat, and if you don't think they're rinsing them, you can go down and watch them. They clean up all the gear uh, every day at the end of the, the dive. You'll just take your, your gear back, your basic gear, your wetsuit, boots, and things like that. You'll take them back and rinse them out, and they're four large rinse tanks. And then they have a drying shed. It's a large uh, drying shed that's organized by boat, so you'll hang your, your wetsuit up and your fins um, in, in the area in the drying shed that gets locked up at night, and they're ready to go in the morning. Oh, yeah, the diving. Uh, some of the best diving that I've had in the Caribbean. Uh, Bloody Bay Wall is awesome. 
Um, it's some of the best diving, as I said, that I've experienced. I particularly like the area that was known as Jackson Bite area, and, and I like that because you had a mini wall on one side, a large sand patch, and then a main wall. And there were plenty of swim-throughs where you could go down the wall or up the wall, some great photo opportunities, uh, lots of turtles, nurse sharks, yellow rays, eagle rays, grouper, and all the normal Caribbean suspects. We even got to see some really small sea slugs that were pretty colorful when you actually got down and looked at them. We did do a day trip over to Cayman Brock where we dove on the wreck of the, the Tibbets, which is a, a large uh, Russian frigate that they sunk uh, a number of years ago. It's uh, broken up by the hurricanes, but a great wreck dive for, for the morning. Now, the, the uh, ma general manager of uh, the Little Cayman Beach Resort, Mick Mayer, he did a fantastic job. He was always around, and when uh, the Twin Otter broke down, he really coordinated the, all of our activities for getting off of the, uh, the, the island. So uh, what a first-rate dive operation. We can see why it, our trip sold out so fast. Uh, Little Cayman is a fantastic diving spot. Little Cayman Beach Resort will be our go-to spot. We're hoping to get another trip down there on our calendar just as soon as we have an open spot. So I hope you enjoyed this latest edition of Your Next Dive. And again, if you have something that you want me to, to review or talk about, just pass it along. I hope you enjoyed episode 19 of Scuba Shack Radio. Again, I thank you for listening. As always, if you have any show suggestions or comments or feedback, please pass them along. You can get a hold of me at Scuba Shack Radio website or on our normal, normal Scuba Shack uh, website out there or on our Facebook uh, page as well. Always looking for different uh, show suggestions or comments or feedback. Um, I'll continue to do this. I'll be back again in a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll continue to talk a little bit about the dive communities, ocean health and sustainability. And oh, yeah, stay tuned in a couple of weeks for another edition of Sea Hunt. It's still alive. Talk to you then. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time.